Okay, good luck, everybody. Always incredible supposed to be together. To go from Shabbos Kodesh to learn, to grow, itself is always very special, but tonight specifically, tonight specifically, we prepare for the Hail Gayant of Apurim. Mamish, we're already in the days, the Mara tells us, not really practical, but there were various days based on certain situations when you could read the Megillah and that already started on Yud Aleph Adar. And tonight already is Yud Beis Adar. Today was Yud Aleph, tonight is Yud Beis. So really in the days already that we could read the Megillah, we're already tasting on some level Purim to be Matzeh Shabbos Kodesh, to prepare for Purim right before Purim. We all just heard Abdul and you're like, When you heard that, I don't know if you, you felt it, but if you didn't feel it, after tonight, hopefully we'll be feeling it and be excited for the Hilgi Antif. Before we begin, all the Torah tonight, all the Chizik tonight, all the Cyrus, is first of all being sponsored anonymously. Fakar Satoyev, Fakar Satoyev is the most important thing in the world, so give Akar Satoyev. And also, Bez Hashem, should be Simcha and Bracha. One of the Nashim Sikanios and her beautiful family. For only good things, Bez Hashem. And as well, anonymously, for a big refuah, for Yaakov Ben Sara, if you could have him in your tefillah, Yaakov Ben Sara. He's an individual that is a tzaddik. Tzaddik when it comes to chesed, tzaddik when it comes to midos, tzaddik who I'm very, very close to. It's mamish like family to me. He's been battling in an incredible way, a machla, for a while. And this upcoming week, tomorrow, I believe he has. Pretty serious tests. The Mir Tashem should go well. We should have Sir Tovos, Rufus, Yeshua, Sir Yaakov, and Sarah. Continue Rufus, Yeshua, for him. So Yishayach, Yisrael. Earlier today, I said a bar mitzvah, a beautiful bar mitzvah. Gabby with others. A beautiful bar mitzvah. You did not see close friend, Rabari Yudin, his son, Ellie. So beautiful. And a young man came over to me. Wasn't wasn't someone I knew before. Introduced himself, and he asked me. He says, "Tell me, Rabbi, what am I supposed to do? What's the what's the avod of Purim? What should I do with my Purim?" I said, "You really want me to answer that right now? In like a few moments, the avod of Purim." So I told him as follows. I told him as follows. I said, "The pasuk in the Megillah says, 'Vayas Hamelech Kedvar Memuchan.'" did like Mamuchan told him to, but there's another way to understand it. You know, everywhere in the Megillah when it says Hamelech, it's not just a reference to Achashverosh, but it's also an allusion to the Rabbanu Shalom. The Melech Malachim Lachim, Achashverosh's name is nowhere in the Megillah. Mamuchan is not just the name, it was actually Hamel, Mumkan, but Mamuchan also is Melashon Hachana, preparation. Vayasa Melech, the Melech Machem Lachem, the Rabbani Shalom will do for us based Kidvar Mamuchan, based on our Achana, based on our preparation. Purim's an incredible day. Purim's a very holy day, a very holy day, a very special day. And we know some of the Avodah. Everyone's going to go to Megillah reading Monday night and Tuesday morning and give Shalach Manos and give Matan Yonim and go to a Suda. Hopefully, we have the opportunity to feel the Simcha of Purim. 
Sometimes that's fleeting. Sometimes that just fades away. It's just, it's a beautiful day. It's a nice day. It's a fun day. And then uh, next week, it's like it never even happened. What he, wanted, what he meant to be asking me, I believe, wasn't just what's the vote of Purim, but how am I going to connect to Purim? How am I going to take out a Purim? What should be my vote for Purim? It's the only way to really tap into Purim and to re- really walk away with something from Purim. There are a lot of beautiful yisodas of Purim, a lot of beautiful themes of Purim. Is to prepare. To prepare for Purim so that pride, in the moment, you're living it. But if you, you have a plan going in, what I want to connect to this Purim, what I want to take out of Purim, what I'm looking to to really feel this Purim and change this Purim. So I believe that's what we have tonight. We're supposed to be together, to hopefully plan for Purim, to prepare for Purim, to talk about at least one very special Yisod that we could walk away with from this Purim. Purim Tavshim Pei Gimel. Halig day, holy day, a special day. Maybe the holiest day of the year. Right? We all know the famous Torah, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippurim. Be compared, like, Yom Kippur is like Purim, I mean Purim more special than Yom Kippur, that's something very special. So let's prepare. Shlomo Karabach, when he was a little boy, he was like five, six years old. So one time, his mother was home, his father, I don't know, they were looking for him, they couldn't find him anywhere in the house, they were screaming, Shlaimala, Shlaimala, they couldn't find him. They go outside, they're looking around, they didn't know where Shlaimala was. And they finally see him, somehow he climbed up on the roof, it was on the roof of their house. They were a little bit scared, anxious, finally came down, they got him down, I said, what are you doing on the roof, Shlomo? What are you doing up there? He says, I wanted to be closer to the Ravon, Shlomo. I was trying to be close, to attach myself to Hashem. So beautiful, a little five, six-year-old boy. Demis says, that's every one of us. All we want more than anything else is to attach ourselves to Hashem, to connect to Hashem in the deepest of ways. Well, was just recently, I've been thinking about this a lot because you did not see a very Halevi Talmud of mine, Yaakov Danishevsky, just came out with a little book, a very beautiful book called Attachment, Dovkabo, all about connecting to the Rabboni Shalom through Torah, through psychology. But the MS is, that's the avod of our lives. The avod of our lives, and what we want more than anything is just to attach to Hashem, to connect to Hashem, to feel Hashem in our life. We know how it is. When we, when we do feel Hashem in our life, when we do feel Hashem by our side, life is so sweet. Life is so full of joy. Life is so full of simcha. Life is incredible. No matter what goes on, no matter what challenges we're facing. And when we don't feel Hashem in our life, when we don't feel attached to the Rabbana Shalom, life can be very challenging. Life can be difficult. I want to attach myself to Hashem. So where was the primary place that we were able to feel that? That closeness to Hashem? That Hashem was really truly here? Really truly by my side? That was the Beis HaMikdash. It was that place that... You know, we learn about the Beis HaMikdash. These parashios happen to be coincide and they surround Purim and there's no coincidence in that. We'll get back to that. These parashios, we talk about the building, all the kalim of the Mishkan... The big day kahuna, this week's parsha, and again repeated. 
and Bayako Pekude. And it was that place that we'd walk into. And, you know, we'd learn a lot about Beis Amigdash. And you learn about a, little, a lot of things that went on there. And a lot of it is really, you know, we haven't had that yet. Mir Tashem soon. But really, is it for most of us? Are we going to be shechting animals and burning karbonos? And most of us, what is that going to mean to me? What it's going to mean to me is a place I can go to and feel the presence of their bone shalom. It's where the shechit. is everywhere. That's the truth. But to really feel it. And on some level that still exists. That's why we all yearn to always be and we connect so deeply when we're standing by the Kaisal Maravi and there are different philos. And it's just different than davening here in, in New York and New Jersey. It's just different. You feel the presence. You feel the Rabbani Shalom. Now the story of Purim is actually the story, the Gullus of Purim. The risk of being annihilated, being destroyed, because the ultimate simcha is that it was in a hapachu and we weren't destroyed. But it's the one time in history that was, there was a there was a gzera, there was a decree. La shmig, la rog, la bed, to fully destroy, kill out, annihilate us. So what spurred that on? What spurred that gala? So famously, many mafarshim explain. We know the opening story of the Megillah. We're at a party. The Yidden, the Jews, were at that party. What was that party celebrating? We all know, right? Very famous. That party was celebrating the destruction of the Beis Amikdash. That party, Achashverosh, based on his calculation, many other kings had different calculations, and they all failed, and they all were killed because of it. Daryavesh and Koresh and Balshetzer, it's very, if you know, a little bit of history. Gemara talks about this. There was a nevuah that after 70 years we have the next base of Migdash and they thought the 70 years were up they miscalculated they didn't understand when the nevuah started so Achashverosh is celebrating his wife was the granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar and destroyed the base of Migdash that was Vashti it was all one big celebration of destruction of base of Migdash and he had the big nikuna that he was wearing there and had Caleb from the base of Migdash who were brought out to show us to desecrate that they did desecrate the mamish denying the fact that the Beis Mikdash will ever be rebuilt, degrading HaKadosh Baruch on the deepest of ways. And we went to that party. The Mayim Loewe discusses, we had kosher food and kosher wine, but still, to show up at such a party, celebrating destruction of Beis Mikdash, so the story, the beginning of Purim is all, in a certain sense, a celebration of destruction of Beis Mikdash. That was our downfall. And therefore, clearly, the Geula somehow has to be a reconnection. And if that, that base of Migdash we, we already presented and understand is that Makkum where we feel close to Hashem, the Geula has to be all about the same. Now, we'll, we'll understand, by the end of the Geula of Purim, we still did not have a base of Migdash, right? So we have to understand what that means and what we're celebrating. By the end of the story of Purim, that's one of the reasons we don't say halal, right? We all know we don't say halal in Purim. A lot of answers, why not? The Gemara says one of the answers is, we still were slaves to Azar We didn't have the base of Migdash yet. Esther has a son, Daryavesh, who allows us to rebuild the base of Migdash since many years later. So we have to understand, it's clearly the whole story of Purim, the Gaulus, the Gula, is all surrounding a lacking and somehow, maybe not a rebuilding, a reconnection to base Migdash and all that it represents. But let's understand it on a deeper level. You know, if you go through the story of Purim, 
there's like this incredible infatuation with hanging. Right? Very strange. Any other story in all of Tanakh, you know, like this? Where, what happens? Haman, how does he want to kill Mordechai? Specifically by hanging him. He doesn't just want to kill Mordechai, he wants to hang Mordechai. He builds, we know, this pole 50 amos high, and he wants to hang Mordechai. And what happens? Haman ultimately is hanged on that same pole. And then you have the ten sons of Haman. And the ten sons of Haman, it wasn't enough that they were killed. They weren't killed by hanging, by the way. They were killed. It says, if you read the Pesukim, clearly they were, they were killed, but then we have to hang them as well. Somehow this is like a midah, can I give he wanted to do the Mordechai, but we have to understand why was this infatuation with hanging? So I want to suggest something I learned based on very sparring. In Tanakh, in a few different makomos, we find that the base Hamigdash is compared to the neck. The base Hamigdash is compared to the neck, and we have to understand why that is. Where do we see this? Well, first of all, we see it in that reunion between Yosef and Binyam. Parsha's Vayigash may be the most emotional parsha in all of in all of Torah. Parsha's Vayigash. You have Yosef Tzadik revealing himself and Yosef that moment in time, and Yosef Tzadik meeting up with his father he hasn't seen. Imagine these moments, right? And one of the incredible moments is when Yosef and Binyamin are reconnected, are reunited. Mad two brothers. And the Pasuk says, They're both crying. They're both crying on each other's, you know, we like to say shoulders, but if you read the Pasuk, it's on their tzavare binyamin, tzavarav, on the neck. It doesn't say ksefav. Specifically the neck. And that's what Rashi picks up on, and famously we know there, they're, cry, they're crying about the destruction of the base of Migdash, the destruction of the Mishkan, the base of Migdash that was in Binyamin's land, the base of Migdash that was in Yosef's land, and we see this specifically by somehow a symbolism of the neck. We also have a Pasuk in Shir Hashirim, the Shlemim says explicitly, David and he refers to base of Migdash as a neck. Why is that? How is the base of Migdash a neck? And I want to share with you a Torah that I learned this year. That I haven't stopped thinking about. Incredible time. I apologize because I thought about it and just my week was so busy and just didn't get to it, but I, I wanted to photocopy this Torah. Because you have to see it inside, it's so beautiful. But we'll I'll send out a picture of Mitzvah. And the Hilgach Samsover says as follows Samsover is found. In Parshas Vayigash, on this passage when it talks about Yosef and Yamin crying in each other's necks, he says, he quotes the Chazal that Yosef, when he was crying on the neck of Binyamin, he's crying about the two Bate Mikdashos that were in the, the land of Binyamin would be destroyed. Why is that? Hinyam is that. Kibes had Mikdash, Nikrat Savar, the Bate Mikdash is called our neck. And he quotes as well as I just read to you, Bashir Ashirim, Savarech Kemigdal. Why is that? Why is the Beis Migdash a neck? Who that is, listen closely, Chan. Ki'ena Meshameh Shalakit Savar. 
Because its whole purpose is only just like a neck. Shurak shvil v'derech merosh lelev. Its whole purpose is only a pathway. It's all one pathway from the head to the heart. I mean, what does the neck do? Does the neck have organs? Does the neck have purpose? The entire purpose of the neck is a pathway between the head and the body, the head and the heart. To bring down from the brain all its intellect to the rest of the body to send messages. And to bring up from the heart, the heart is our epicenter of life, it's where we pump our blood, to bring blood, to bring life from the heart to the brain. I'm sorry, to bring food, energy into the body. What else does it do? We have our, our vocal cords. It brings out the ability to speak and to share with the world a connection to the world. It's our source of connection to the world. In other words, all that the neck do, does, all that the neck is, is a conduit, is a connecting agency. It connects the head and the heart, the head and the body, us to the outside world through speech. It's a shvil, it's a pathway, it's a connecting agency. So too, based on Migdash, was that neck, was that pathway, was that place that Akash Baruch Hu can connect to us. Not only that, and it was also the connecting agent where we would connect to Hashem. We'd be Makrav Karbanos, Ketores, the Menorah, we'd be doing our Avodah to connect to Hashem. Hashem would connect us, we'd connect Hashem. It was also when he says, and he, at the end I read it quickly, the Sanhedrin sat there, and therefore to teach the world, to connect to the world, the, the proper outlook of Torah. The Beis Hamikdash, therefore, the Chassam Sofer says, is the neck. And that's why how Chazal knew that when they were crying each other's necks, it was a reference to the Beis Hamikdash. And that's why Shlomo Melch uses it. The neck is that conduit, the neck is the connecting agency, and that is the Beis Hamikdash. To each and every one of us. So Haman wanted to get rid of that. There was no Beis Hamikdash, but Haman wanted to remove any connection between us and Avinu Shoshamayim. So where is he going to hit us? Where is he going to want to kill out Mordechai specifically? As a Miramis to that, as a Remis to that, as hinting to that, he wants to hang him. Because what is it when we hang him? We completely destroy the neck. We get rid of the connecting aid. That's how death by hanging is disconnecting all that the neck connects. And that was his way of the so the remez to getting rid of our connection to Avinu Shoshmai. That was what Hama wanted from us. And that unfortunately we played a role in that and, and in a certain sense deserved that at the beginning. Because we went to that party celebrating the disconnect from the Malcolm, from the base of Migdash, which is our Tzavar, which is our neck with the Rebodesh. So we still, well, what do we have now? So what? 
Meaning, but we still, by the end of, okay, Shushchev, that was the Gaulus of Purim. That's what Haman tried to do to us. That's what we brought upon ourselves. But like we said before, but by the end of the story, there's still no base on Mikdash. So what are we celebrating? So you could say, okay, but we had Torah, we had mitzvos, like who do say, Ora v'simcha v'sasam the Gemara says, Ora is Torah, Simcha is Yantav, Sasam is Mila, Yakar is Tefillin, we had mitzvos, and the Gemara says, once we have Chor Mevisim Mikdash, Ain Lenol Adalad Amos Shalalacha. So the halachos, the mitzvahs we do, also connect us to Hashem clearly on some level, but it's not based on Mikdash. That's our savar. So what's the celebration? So what? Okay, shkash, beautiful. So we learned tonight that all of Purim and the goals of Purim is, is a destruction of our connection with the Rabbana Shalom, our tzavar, our neck. That was us going to the party. That was Achashvit. That was Haman wanting to strangle Mordechai in the neck. But what do we have? What are we celebrating? We still don't have Beis Amigdos. What is this grand celebration? Chanukah, by the end of Chanukah, we had Beis Amigdos. By the end, we all know, right? We, we found oil, we lit the menorah. It's all about, we had, they defiled the Beis Amigdos, and we conquered the Beis Amigdos, and we, re, we sanctified the Beis Amigdos. That's a celebration, that's Chanukah. Purim, even Pesach, okay, Pesach, we didn't yet, but we were well on our way out of Mitzrayim to eventually enter its role and even in the Midbar we had the Mishkan that's what we're learning about these, these parshas but, but Purim Akati Avdechashverjanan we still don't have a base of Mikdash so before we answer this just one more one more you saw it I want to try to understand you know every single month every month has a mazel. Every month has a mazel. You know, the, ma- the mazel is the constellation that rules over that month. It's very deep, but if you learn certain svarim, you learn Derech Hashem, maybe some of the chavr have learned Derech Hashem, Ramchal talks about how HaKadosh Baruch Hu uses the stars to bring shefa, to bring messages and bracha to the world. The, the stars are not to stand in the Shemayim there and, and sparkling and beautiful, but they're actually like very, very deep. That's why astrology, astronomy, all that, that's very real. That's not like some made up Sheker Kishif, like the, when we all learn about the astrologers saw that, the, that there would be a, a salvation from the water, whatever, that was real stuff. It still is. We just don't have the Chachma to be able to understand it. So therefore, every month has a constellation that rules over it. It's very beautiful this past summer. Yeah, summer, it was in Eretz Yisrael with my, with my family. It was an incredible trip. One of, the, one of the incredible highlights, I don't know how many of you have done this, if you haven't, you gotta put, you know, one of the, I mean, everything's beautiful. Everything about Eretz Yisrael is incredible, right? We're willing to go to Eretz Yisrael just to go to the Kotel for 10 minutes. That being said, something else that's like so incredible about Eretz Yisrael is like there's always more to also do. There's always, always more to find. It's like we go on trips and then we think we've done it all and there's so much more to do, right? So I don't know how many of you have done this. Maybe you have, if you've been on like, a lot of the tours go to this in summer's programs, but the Ramon Crater. The Ramon Crater, if you've been to Mitzvah Ramon, and the Ramon Crater, it's, it's incredible. It's seeing something that, it's like a wonder of the world. Like you, you feel like you're in a different planet, a different world. So we went, Mitzvah Ramon is down south, and 
we took this tour of the Ramon Crater. It was really incredible, something very special, but not just on a tour. If you haven't done this, it's extremely Kedai. So we did this tour where it was this really special tour guide, Eyal. Eyal, I always pronounce his name wrong. My family's from me, but anyways, Eyal. And we did like a couple hours right before a sunset and toured the whole crater and saw incredible things, like incredible, it's amazing how, how, how the life that lives there and just places like you've never seen before in your life, you don't believe this exists in the world. And then during Ben shows, during twilight, we had this beautiful area and, and he made like a bomb, the tour guide made a bonfire with us and washed marshmallows and we sat and chilled and then it gets dark, it gets dark pretty quickly there and it's like pitch dark because you're in the middle of nowhere and he does with you stargazing. But when I say stargazing, like the whole sky lights up like you've never seen in your life. And we, we literally saw shooting stars. You know like the tails like you see in the movies? Like, like real ones flying through the sky, like shooting stars. And every constellation that exists, not just the Big Dipper that we get to see here, you know, all of them. And he has this like laser, this crazy laser that somehow reaches Shemayim. I don't understand how this works. He's telling us, it's, I think it's illegal in America, but it's real, anything goes. And he's like, point, it's, it looks like it's reaching the stars. I don't know how. And he's pointing out all the different constellations and explaining to us what it means that each month has its mazel dependent on where in the sky that constellation is because based on our orbit, we see the sky in a different way every single night, basically. And based on that constellation, that's how people used to know which way was north, west, east, west. At night, because during the day you saw the sun, at night you, you didn't have to see that, so you had to know where the constellations were, and every month has its constellation that like rules over that, that month. And that's the chef of the month, that's the mazel of the month. So famously, for example, Tishrei is a constellation, I forget the like real name, Latin name, whatever it is, but it's, it's a scale. That makes a lot of sense, right? Because Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and when our mitzvahs and our veros are weighed. So everybody knows the mazel of Adar. The mouth of Adar is dogim, is fish, right? You've all seen posters of Adar with fish on it. I think it's Pisces, if I'm not mistaken, is the name, right? Fish. But why? What do fish have anything to do with Adar, with Purim? You ever think about it? And there are a few different ways to go with this, but I saw something this year never before. I want to share with you. But first, we have to finish the Chassam Sof, right? And finish the Chassam Sof. Chassam Sofer ends with something that's life-altering. Chassam Sofer that taught us that in various places in Tanakh, the Beis Amikdash is compared to a neck because the Beis Amikdash connects us to Avinu Shemayim. But honestly, if we stop there, that's a little bit disheartening. Because I never saw the Beis Amikdash. I never saw the Beis Amikdash. I hope, I yearn, but I haven't yet. And none of you have either. And therefore, what to say? If, that, if I stopped here, I'm like, we could try a little bit, but it's like, we're going to try to connect to a being of Shemayim without the neck. It really doesn't work. That really doesn't work if, if, if that's our connecting agent. Listen to the words at the end of the Chassam Sofer. After telling us the base of English is like the neck and that which, just like the neck connects the head and the body, so too, the base of Migdash connects us to a Shemayim. Amnam, however, in truth, Ein zeh ha-toiv ha-achron, ha-mekavakol echad, 
That's not the ultimate good that we all desire. That's not the tova achra. That's all. <laughs> Imagine, I can only say this because some Tzofa says it. He says, Beis Amigdash, that's great, but that's not the ultimate. Really? Our whole lives are taught. We're yearning for Beis Amigdash, Gula, right? By Shlishi, like that's the ultimate, right? Is there anything higher? Is there any place I'd be closer to Hashem? He says, no, 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 that's not it. That's not the tova achra. I'm reading you from some Sofer. I couldn't say this if I didn't see it in here. That's not what we're all hoped for. But what is? Shi'iya Hashem Yisparach Shochein Bikir Beinu. That Hashem should reside within us. Be'etzem, in essence, Be'liam Tzoyi. Without any medium. I want the head to be connected to the body even without a neck at all. You heard what he just said? He says, yeah, Besamikdash is beautiful. Besamikdash was our neck until now and will be again to connect Hashem. But there's even a higher level. There's even something above that. It's... I don't even need a neck. I'm just going to connect to Hashem. And I know that Hashem is within me every single moment. I'm with Hashem. I don't even need the neck. And that's even a closer relationship. Because I, the connecting agent on some level is some level of mechitza, some level of separation. No separation. I don't even need Beis Amigdash. Imagine, I don't even need, that's what he's saying. I don't even need Beis Amigdash. Above Beis Amigdash. The truth is, if we thought about it, we know this. It's Pasha, right? Every one of us has a neshama. Every one of us has a beautiful neshama, a beautiful soul. That's our essence. That's who we are. If we only felt that and knew that, and we focus so much on our guf, we're so in touch with our guf. If we're in touch with our... And what is the neshama? A neshama, the Baltanya teaches, and others, it's chelek elokam imam mamash. It's part and parcel of their bonashol. So we have a neshama within us, and we have a part of Hashem within us. So Hashem is within me. I don't need the neck. I don't need the base of Of course, you have to understand this Torah. Chaz, people are going to walk away. What did Rabbi Kohen say today? Rabbi Kohen said we shouldn't yearn for the base of Mikdash. Rabbi Kohen said we don't need base of Mikdash. Chaz, we're yearning for base of Mikdash. We're yearning for Gula. Look what's going on in the world we live in. Look at all the terrorist attacks in there. So we all want that time. But in the meantime, until we have that... And even when we have that, when we're not going to be there, nobody here is going to reside in Beis Hamikdash twenty four seven. What about all the time you're not in the Beis Hamikdash? It's a recognition and understanding that I'm even above that because I'm, the relationship is so much closer. I'm connected always to Hashem. I'm one with Hashem always. That's the famous Torah we read. It was last week. It was last week, first Shabbos of Rosh Chodesh Adon. Of course that's when it's going to be said, because that's what this whole entire Yantav is about. We'll get to in a moment. The words, the famous words, you've all learned them already. You know this Torah, all the Sefer Chassidah say, V'asuli migdash v'shachanti v'socham. Make for me a migdash v'shachanti v'socham. It should say v'shachanti, I will dwell v'socho in it. But it doesn't say I will dwell in it. Make for me a mishkan and I'll dwell in it. Make for me a migdash and I'll dwell in it. It says v'socham. What does v'socham mean? Translate the word. Pasha Pshat in the Pasuk. These like, people say this deep Hasidish Torah, Panemius in the Torah. This is Pasha. There's no other way to read the Pasuk. But also Mikdash, make for Mikdash, Vishachanti, Besocham. I'll dwell in them. What do you mean in them? 
So all the Svarim explain, each and every one of us. The main base of Migdash is not the base of Migdash that's going to be a Savar again, and that once was a neck. The main base of Migdash is the base of Migdash of our heart and soul. I want to dwell in each and every one of you. In them, I want to dwell in you, I want to be with you. We could, each and every one of us could be connected to the Rabboni Shalom and feel the Rabboni Shalom by our side every single moment. Every. So now we understand Chavra. Come here, listen. I'm ready to say this because Mamish is so beautiful. Why is Mazel of Adar Dagim? Why is the Mazel of Adar Dagim? Why is the Mazel? Why is this month the constellation that rules over a Dagim fish? Think about it, Chavra. All the animals, they, they just like us, they have a head, they have a body, they have a neck. A fish has no neck. And I mean, you have fish tanks in your homes, go look, you know it, right? Fish has no neck. The head is immediately, directly, completely connected to the body. That's exactly what Chassam Soifer says is the highest of levels, right? That's what we're yearning for. Chassam Soifer says, I want Shoichim that Shoichim I want him to dwell in us with no medium, no conduit, no mechanism, no connecting agent. The head should be connected, attached to the body. Without that medium of the neck. What has that in life? A fish has that. So specifically this month has that. Yeah, by the end of Yes, we didn't have a Beit HaMikdash yet. But you know what we learned by the end of Purim? What is the whole story? Let's get back to basics for a moment. What is the whole story teaching us? It's teaching us that even when I don't see it on the surface, and even when it's so hidden, and even when the Rabboni Shalom seems to be, we have so many challenges, I don't feel Him in my life, He's there the whole time. He's orchestrating it all. We all know that. We forget, but we know it. And if I could live with Purim, I live with that Yisod. I live with that every moment. And remember, and know. Zachar, Parash Zachar, remember. That Hashem is by me, inside me every moment. Remember that Hashem is within me, Bikir Every moment, Belitzavar. I don't have basic English, but I don't even need it. Then I have the ultimate simcha. Then I have Gula. There's only one month. Mishanich Mazad Simcha. No other month in the year. No other month in the year. Beautiful Yom Tovim. We get the Torah and, and Sivan. We don't say Mishanich Mazad Marbim Besimcha. We don't say Mishanichnas Tishrei with Sukkis Manhim Chazayinu because Purim teaches us this lesson that I don't even need a neck, I don't even need a base of Mikdash, I could be with Hashem every single moment, and that is the ultimate Simcha. There's no greater Simcha, because guess what? There are challenges in life. We all have them. Every one of us are different challenges. But when I know Hashem is within me, I know I'm connected to Hashem, it's all good. Because I know it's going to be good. That's Purim. That's the Yisoda Purim. That's the Yisod of Purim. And that's the Yisod of Simcha. That's the Mazel of Adar Dagim. Come and try to strangulate. Come and try to cut off the neck. We don't just say, we're, we're bringing back a man's amygdala. We say, Come, we don't even need a neck. We're with Hashem every moment. You know, the Gemara Shabbos says, we re-accept the Torah. Kimu mashikiblu kvar. What was, it means, it's another Harsinai. What was that Harsinai? Harsinai was the one time in history that all Chal Yisrael literally 
Jesus. Heard Hashem. And we re-accept the Torah now. Why do we have to re-accept the Torah now? Because it's even deeper. That was the ultimate amuna until that point in time. But now it's years later. And now Hashem is hidden. And now there's no longer nevuah. There's no longer prophecy. There's no longer open miracles. Their Purim time was like, well, we have a tough shape pay gibble. Like what we have now. God is not revealed. You know what we say? I know you're within me. It doesn't matter. I'm with you, Hashem. I don't need the base of English. I want it. I yearn for it. Don't, you have to understand. But when I don't have it, I still feel with, I'm with you. That's the ultimate simcha. And I want to share, I've shared the story probably with some of you before. I said the story over actually earlier this year in Stern College. I don't know how many of you were there. So am I repeating the story already? I'll tell you why. Because I have a whole different take on the story. It's a personal story that I understood in one way until I learned through the Torah. And I have a whole new understanding of the story. A whole different message. Even deeper than I thought when I, until now. A few years ago, it was September 9th, September, yeah, September 11th, I'm sorry, September 11th, 2019. September 11th, 2019 was a Wednesday night. And I was speaking in Stern College that night. And as I'm speaking, start losing my voice. But in a way that was like, not normal. Like I used to get hoarse all the time. But it wasn't just hoarse. It was something was clearly wrong with my throat. I didn't know what was going on. Like I didn't even like have a voice. So I, speaking there, I don't usually like to use a mic. I feel like it takes away a little bit from hearing the panemius. But, but they had a mic, so I used the mic and I got through that particular speech and I figured, okay, I'll wake up tomorrow, I'll be fine. That night, Thursday night, I was giving share in my house that I give every Thursday night to the young men. And again, about 10, 15 minutes in, I completely lost my voice. Like, I had nothing. I couldn't get, it wasn't just I was hoarse. I couldn't get a word out of my mouth. Like, nothing. Like, laryngitis, but out of nowhere. So the guy started singing, and then I was drinking a lot. I was able to speak a few more minutes. But, like, that sheer, I cut very short. I couldn't go. Somewhere in Waiutori, you could hear how it went. If you look at that date. It was, it was September 12, 2019. So I knew something was wrong, and I went to an ENT, and they sent me to a different ENT that specializes in vocal cords. I don't know if any of you had to have this before, it's not that comfortable. They, they stick a, a camera down your throat, through your nose, to see what's going on. And they saw that I had a polyp. A polyp on my vocal cords. And a polyp is like a little pimple-like growth. And basically, they don't go away on their own. And I was going to have to have some sort of surgery procedure to remove it. It used to be they used to have a pretty invasive surgery to remove it, but Baruch Hashem, more recently they, they've perfected to do a laser procedure, which is less invasive. And the doctor I went to was excellent, incredible doctor, and we set up a laser procedure. That's, by the time this all, there was a few appointments in between until this was happening, it was November time. And before the procedure, my last appointment before the procedure, they, I asked the doctor, I'm gonna, should my wife come with me to drive me home after? How am I going to be? She's like, no, no, no. You'll just, you know, you have to stay in the office about an hour afterwards. You can just drive home, you'll be fine. That day you're not allowed to speak. It was one word. It's pretty awkward, interesting. I don't know if any of you have ever gone a day without speaking one word. I wasn't even, I wasn't literally to the extent, I wasn't allowed to daven. 
like I mean shachris I davened already because I went in I davened shachris went in for the procedure. The mincha meyer had to be yotzei through shemeicha when I stood next to the chazan and wrote him a note that he should have me in mind. I wasn't allowed to say one word. And then after that, very slowly, very little, for a few days, and Baruch Hashem, it was incredible. She was an incredible doctor, had an incredible therapist, and never have had an issue again. My voice became stronger than ever before. Leonardo. But before, the, so before the surgery, I'm talking to her, and then I'm asking her what she tell me about it. Aside from not needing my vent, she said, "No, it's pretty much. It's not a big procedure. The whole thing takes ten minutes. It's going to feel pretty similar to how your appointments feel when we put the camera up down your throat." We just put also a laser, and but we numb you and put different local anesthesia, and you'll be fine. And all thing takes ten minutes. Okay, so I go. It was a rainy morning, and I go into the office by myself, and I'm sitting there, and they like, like basically strapped down to this chair because, you know, there's gonna be a laser in my throat. It's not a good thing to to move at all. And like a couple nurses come in, and it's done in the office. It's not in a hospital. I was pretty comfortable with that. I thought everything would be fine. And they, they start numbing me, numbing my throat, numbing my nose, numbing inside my mouth, different places where whatever it's going to go down. They come, they let it sit for a few minutes, come back, and they're ready to go. And they start the procedure, and the first minute or two was fine. A few minutes in, I start to have the most serious pain I've ever had in my life. Momish, like, is killing. They're, I mean... Which would make sense, but she told me it wouldn't. To, you know, they literally have a laser burning off part of this growth on my vocal cords. Like, it's a pretty sensitive area. I don't know what the anesthesia did, but it was killing. Like, the most pain in my life. And then not only that, you start to smell the burning skin, which was, like, very intense. It was... And mom, I started, I, I felt I'm there, and I can't move. And the tears start streaming down my cheeks. I was really in, like, that much pain. And I, I literally like felt I'm gonna go out of my mind, you know, like this all was like a couple minutes, but I'm I'm momish, I'm like, I can't do this, right? You know, like I momish can't do this. And I didn't know what I'm gonna do. And suddenly just it came in, the machshava, I just start like reaching out to the Rabonishlam. I start dabbing Tashem to help me, to take care of me, to do for me. And I've spoken about this before and always thought it was a lesson in tefillah, but more recently I realized, preparing these, these words tonight, it wasn't tefillah at all. After all, that's not tefillah, meaning it was completely in my mind. Tefillah has to be bedivar. Yes, tefillah is connected to it. It's and we need kavana, we need heart, but ultimately you have to say the words, you have to pronounce the words. So what was that? Because let me tell you what happened. The moment I started having these thoughts, I was totally okay. Now, of course, the pain was physical. It wasn't like some miracle. The pain was there. But that, that crazy feeling, like I can't handle this, and going out of my mind, and the immense pain, like somehow it was just fine. I know I'm going to be fine. Let me just, I'll get it over with. I'll be okay. I was just totally, like the moment I started thinking about the bonus home in my life, I was just totally okay. And I thought till recently it was like feeling, but it wasn't feeling. It was just a kesher to Hashem. It was just a chibur to Hashem. It was an attachment to Hashem. It was knowing that even in this in New York City, in some doctor's chair, having a laser procedure in my vocal cords, I'm one with Hashem. And then I was okay. And then I was good. And it's pretty incredible where this all happened was in the neck. In the neck that represents that makum that's supposed to somehow connect us to the Rabbonishal.
So that was my recognition. But it's all of us. That's the Yisod, that's the deepest message of Purim. To know that Hashem is by our side every moment. And know that I don't even need, we all think, I need, yeah, I felt it when I was by the Kaisal, and I felt it when I was sitting in seminary and able to learn all day. And I felt it when it was Yom Kippur by the Eel, and I felt it when it was, and we'll feel it Purim. No, 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 we got to feel it always. The, the Yisod of Purim, it's to teach us that I can have this always. That Hashem is within me, it's not dependent on any connecting agent. All those connecting agents are beautiful and wonderful and helpful to build the relationship and attachment that needs to be there always. Always. Through Bitachim. That's the Yisod of Purim. Bidchu ba'ashem ayadayad ki ashem To have that Bitachim, to have that knowledge. If you take the Rashi tables of that Pasuk, by the way, Bidchu ba'ashem ayadayad ki ashem You add up all the Rashi tables, Trust me, you can do it on your own time. Is exactly 336. Exactly the match of Purim. Purim teaches us to know that I can be with Hashem every moment. And it's not just for Purim. You know you saw the Purim? Teach me how to live every day of my life. So from a Rome shore, he says such a beautiful remez to this. How many days are on the Jewish calendar? 354. Right? That's why we need a leap year every few years. I think next year might be a leap year with two others because the, the secular calendar is 365 days. So we have to make that up every few years so that our Yom Tovim stay in the right seasons. How many days of Yom Tov Daraisa? There are 18. Daraisa. Now, on the Torah level, we have seven of Sukkot. I'm not talking about Yom Tov Shem. is seven of Sukkot. Seven of Pesach, 14. Shemini Atzeres is 15. Shavu is 16, Yom Kippur 17, Rosh Hashanah is considered one long day in the Torah, Yom Arech 18. So you have 354 days on the Jewish calendar, but 18 of them are already full of Simcha, because Yom Tov is Man Simcha Seinu, right? So those days have Simcha. What's 354 minus 18? How many days are left that are not Yom Tov? 354 minus 18? Exactly 336. Exactly Kamacha Purim. Purim tells me I can be Simcha every other day as well. Purim says I don't need a Yantif to be close to Hashem. I don't need a Yushalayim or a Kodesh to be close to Hashem. And you know me, I want to be in Yushalayim every moment of my life. It's not the point. Of course we want to be. Of course we want to be English. Of course we have to keep to our mitzvahs. But my relationship with Hashem is even above all of that. I don't even need a neck. I'm one with Hashem. I'm one with Hashem. I'm like that fish. That's the bracha. What is the bracha that we give? What is the bracha that was given to Benash and Ephraim for all of us for all of eternity? We should be like fish. Yeah, of course, fish are peruvu, that we should multiply, and fish have no ayanhara because they're in the water. We all know these other ideas, but maybe it's as well. Be like a fish whose head is connected directly to the body. So it was us and the Rabbanishlam, us and the Evishter. That's the sort of prayer. Every one of us should be a Hailing Purim. It should be a Purim that we take with us. A Purim that's not just a Purim where we enjoy and have a beautiful time with our family and our friends and all the mitzvahs ayom, but a Purim where we reconnect to Hashem in such a way we see Hashem even in the darkest of hours. We see Hashem every moment and know that I'm with Him even without any connecting agent. I want those. I want all those. 
When I don't have those, I know I'm still with Hashem. If I have that, you'll see the Simcha of Purim, the Simcha of Adar, the Simcha. I'm going to enhance my Simcha, the Simcha I'm going to carry with me every single moment. My life should be Zaycha. To always feel this Kesher, always feel this attachment. And always have Simcha every moment of your life.